0: Galatians chapter 6 is where we're going to be this morning. <clears throat> Last week we considered what it is that makes us cry on this earth. We learned that there are some things that, that make us all cry, and there are some things that make you cry or make me cry that don't make you cry. But the one thing we learned is that suffering and crying may endure for a period of time, but joy, real joy comes in the morning. Listen, church, listen, listen, y'all are going to have to wake up and get with me, all right? Real joy comes in the morning. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're watching live stream, you should have said amen too. Now, we learned that, that Jesus is the author and finisher of joy. And if you know him, joy is going to come no matter what's going on or what's taking place in your life. But if we do not know Jesus, we, are, we, can, we can never know true joy, just glimpses of what joy might be. This morning, I want us to explore what we as Christians should be doing, no, water, no matter what the state of our mind currently is in. Is, as God has never nor will ever leave us alone. I don't know what your state of mind was this past week. And we had a lot to, that to happened this past week that would make us go bananas, didn't we? I didn't see any Christian or any church member cussing or anything on Facebook. But I mean, I, I could, y'all were close. You hear me? I don't know what your state of mind is. But this morning, I want us to see what our state of mind should be. Okay, church? So let's look at Galatians chapter 6. We're going to start reading in verse 7. Galatians 6 verse 7. It says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to the flesh will reap corruption from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So we must not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we do not give up. Therefore, as as we have opportunity, we must work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. Let's pray. Father, again we come to you asking forgiveness for our sins. And Lord, we pray that during this time that we open your word and rightly divide your scripture, God, that you'll settle our hearts, settle our minds. God, open our eyes that we might be able to see what the scripture is saying to us. Lord, help us to see it, help us to understand it, help us to retain it, and to take it out these doors, Lord, and serve the world with the scripture that you've given us. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said... Amen. What in the world does this scripture say to us this morning? It, now, I want y'all to understand, scripture is alive and well. It's breathing. Y'all understand that, right? It, it, is, it cuts us like a what? A knife or a double-edged sword. Scripture speaks to us, and all Scripture should speak to us, but this scripture should speak to us today in the time that we are living in. Why? Well, the first lesson we learn in our scripture this morning is that God truly is still in control he really is God is still in control Paul writes in first verse 7 he says do not be deceived why in the world did Paul write this to the people of Galatia why why was it put in our Bibles why why do we have this in our Bible as a daily reminder to us church, I was deceived this past summer in a big way. I I really, I was deceived, Steve. I I know that's hard for you to believe in. I would, Kim, I was deceived. I was minding my own business and I was, you know, I was on social media or I was somewhere and I was, you know, looking at my phone and, and I saw an ad pop up on the screen and it was these guys and they were on these boards they they looked like i mean you know they were you know about from from here to there and and it was a board that you plug in and it charges up and it's got these these uh, turbos on them and you put it in the water and you can you can ride this thing up to 20 miles an hour uh, you know out in the water and I'm thinking to myself I'd like to have one of those because we we just bought a boat and I'll take it on the boat with me and and we can anchor off from the islands because I mean all those shells are right there and and you can just take this dude and just ride up and and you can walk around and explore and do all this I'm like man yeah how much is this thing so I look it up and it's 89 dollars and I'm thinking well I've I've got an extra $89 today. So I, I ordered it. I ordered it. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, the kids are coming next week. I can, I can express the, deli- I'm going to get the, exp- I don't ever do this, y'all. You know, pay the extra and get it sent that week. I'm, I'm going to do it. It's $120 for this board. I can't wait. This is great. We're going to have a great time with this board. Man, it's going to be great. The next week came, but my board didn't. It didn't. Well, I'm thinking, well, yeah, you know, I don't know where they're, they're they're coming from. And two weeks went by. No board. So y'all know what happened, don't you? Well, I'm gonna find out where my board is. So I go, I go to the video that I was watching, because I saved the video and I, the video was there. It's like, man, this is great. Yeah, where's my board? And, and I'm thinking, I'm going to find out who this, so I saw who the company was, and I tried to do some investigating, look where that company, and I, it's gone. Gone. I mean, you couldn't find anything, not a phone number, not a website. The video was taken down from where I initially saw the video. It's gone, y'all. And I came home and told her, Amy came home and I told her, I said, Honey, I said, I think I got scammed, I, deceived, scammed, at about $120. Well, how'd that happen? Well, look, you order stuff all the time. <laughs> one time I order something. One time I order something. I mean, look, the, the, I, I told the, the, the UPS person the other day, I said, you need to quit coming to my house. Don't come here anymore. The one time, one time, Butch, I order something, and it didn't come. Oh, it gets better, y'all. Oh, it gets better. Two months go by. Third month goes by, and I mean, you know, I I, I bring it up every now and then. I said, I guess I'm not going to get my board. I'm not going to get my board. Well, the board finally came. Three months after, I ordered it. That's not that funny, Miss Barbara. (laughs) I wish that I'd have brought it with me, y'all, so y'all could see my board, because it's so nice. I paid $189 for a raft that looks like a board, that you blow up, and it does not have, it, it's, it's propelled by your hands. <laughs> I was deceived. I, I was deceived. And some of y'all think that's funny. But listen, it, it gets worse. So there is $129 to poof, gone, right? It gets worse. About a month ago, I go to, Vicky, settle down. <laughs> About a month ago, I, I go to my mailbox, and I open the mailbox. And none of us like to see a lot of the stuff that's in the mail, all right? True. But I open the mailbox, and there's a letter addressed to me from the Eternal Revenue Service. So I open it up, happy and glory, you know, just fill my heart because I know, you know, this is always good news when you get a letter from the Internal Revenue Service, right? Well, the letter inside it all—I mean, it looked—it was addressed and, you know, IRS. It looked just like my tax information. It says, uh, "Mr. Wydell, you need to pay seven hundred and thirty-two dollars extra taxes." Blah, 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 blah. Right? So I take this letter at Christmas. To my mother-in-law, who is an accountant for a a firm, does has been doing taxes and knows tax code left and right, backwards and forwards, has to take exams and all that stuff. I take it to her, and she looks at it, and she says, oh, gosh, I can't believe this. She looks at what we paid and what we didn't pay and all this stuff. She said, you're going to have to pay it. And I'm thinking, well, great, wonderful kumbaya. So I take it to Deborah because Deborah withholds, my, I don't get the whole my whole check. She withholds my tax money. I said, you know, gotta pay it. I don't know what to do. So she pays the $732. Right? You did, right? It cleared the bank. $732. $767. Well, thank you, Deborah. That makes, it, that makes the story even better. So I paid it. Two weeks later, Amy gets a letter in the mail. Guess from who? The IRS saying you owe $732 more to the federal government. And I'm just like, hold on a second, Jimbo. Something ain't right here. The next day, I get another letter from the IRS saying I owe $732, the exact same amount that she paid. And I'm like, whoa, Jack, ho, oh, $1,464. Ha, oh, no, no, no. So I talked to my sister who does taxes, and the long story short, I'll just, you know, because y'all are getting tired, y'all ready to go eat. I got scammed out of $767. So y'all add that up. Last year, the pastor was scammed out of most $1,000. And I want y'all to know something. My radar is up on this stuff because people call my mother's house all the time trying to scam her because of her age, and they've done it. My radar's up. I'm on, I'm on high-intensity radar. You ain't going to get me, but I got got for almost $1,000 last year, and there's nothing I can do about it. Brother Kyle, you're beating this horse. You're, 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 I mean, what, what in the world are you trying to tell us this morning? The reason why this is in our Bible, the reason Paul writes this to the Galatian people is because we can be at times very, 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 very easily deceived. Very easily deceived. Why is Paul telling Christians to be not deceived? Because we can be deceived, and we are all deceived many times. The only way we will not be deceived is to stay in God's Word and on the path that He intends for our lives. You do know, listen, you do know, Caleb, you do know that Satan wants to deceive you every single day of your life, right? Every day. Brother Kyle, I can't believe you fell for that. You're so gullible. Oh! Yeah, okay. How have you been deceived? How, how have you been deceived? See, I'm up here being honest. Some of y'all probably got to deceive way more than that, and you ain't going to stand up and tell it. Paul then gets a little more specific with his message in verse, say, verse 7, saying, God is not mocked. What a man sows, he will reap. Paul is, what what Paul is saying here is, surely... We can see even in the days that, that we live that God is not mocked on a day. That he is mocked on a daily basis. That, that, that people do clearly know the scriptures, what the scriptures are saying, and they don't. They don't, and they choose not to, to listen and go against what Scripture says. And not only that, listen, the day that we live in, that they celebrate. They, they celebrate what they're doing, and they encourage others to join in them in doing them. Church, that's mocking God, but he's saying God's not. Mocked? I, I saw a sign somewhere not long ago. I saw a meme or, or something on social media not long ago. There was a girl standing in, a, in a, 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 a rally, an abortion rally, a pro-abortion rally, holding up the sign that says, I can't wait to go to hell. I, you know, people are getting crazy, but I think I'd have, I'd have taken that sign from her and hit her with it. If I'd have been there. Paul's saying God's not mocked. But people mock him all the time. Now church, there's no doubt that man mocks God. But that's not what Paul's saying here. What Paul is saying is that God will not be mocked. What a man sows, he will also reap. You know what that means, church? That pe- those people who sold me that board, they got a day coming. Those those people who are sending out fake IRS claims and scaring people like it scared me because I don't want to go to jail. I don't look good and orange and I love my wife. They're going to get what's coming to them. They ain't going to get another dime from me, but they're going to get what's coming to them. What is Paul saying is God knows. God knows. He knows what each and every man is doing. What he is working for. What he is sowing to this world. And what he is what, what, what he's not sowing to the world. That is what we're going to reap, church. What should we be sowing? Who should we be sowing to? We should be sowing the seeds of salvation. Seeking to reach the lost world just as Jesus did. Where our focus is, is where we can find where we are We are sowing the most. Where's your focus? Where are you sowing the seeds? Are you even sowing seeds of salvation? Paul then drives the point home in verse 8. Look at verse 8. He says this. He says, Because the one who sows to the flesh will reap corruption from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Did you see what Paul just wrote, church? Do do you get the, the big point he's trying to make here? We are either sowing to the flesh or we're sowing to the Spirit. Miss Desi, did you see any middle ground there? We're either sowing to the flesh or we're sowing to the Spirit. With the one, we have a few days of pleasure on this earth. With the other, we have eternal life. Why why is this choice so hard to make for some people? This is a life or death choice. You're either so into the flesh or you're so into the spirit. Nothing else. Nothing more. Paul now brings the message he is delivering back to the people in verse 9. Which is the the verse I I really want to to focus on this morning most of all. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 says this. So you must not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time. We will reap, Well, excuse me, uh, doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Church, I've told y'all. I've told y'all this. And I I, want to say it again this morning. I'm going to be honest again. I'm tired. Did you hear what the scripture just said, Gary Page? It says, don't get tired. But I'm I'm tired. I'm tired of ministry not being what it used to be. I'm tired of of not seeing people God placed here for me to minister to. I'm tired, Angela, of not having a choir. I'm tired of the mask. I'm tired of COVID. I'm I'm just, I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of talking to pastors who are tired as I'm tired. I'm just tired. Well, what do we do? Can I tell you that verse 9 spoke directly to your pastor? I told you last week that I'm afraid that what we're experiencing now is the new normal. I'm afraid. It's true. truth. Now, I don't like it any more than you do, but we have to not get tired and to continue find ways to serve the Lord in this new normal, if this is our new normal. Well, we've got to continue. Well, Brother Kyle, what, how? how what, what can we do? I mean, you're, you're still called, amen? You are still called to witness to the lost world. Uh, we can't do it the way we used to do it. How, how can we do it? Find new ways. Find, find new ways. I don't know how to. Be receptive, church. Be be receptive. Can, can I, and I'm not, listen, I'm, what I'm getting ready to tell you, I'm not patting myself on the back because I was just, I was being stupid. But God used it. Amy and I had to take somebody to, to Walmart a few weeks ago. And they had to go get their stuff and we waited in the car and <clears throat> we went in and got a few things and we came back and waited. She said she wasn't going to be but a couple minutes. Well, it was a she, so y- y'all, you know, she said, I'm just going to be a couple minutes, I'm going to grab a couple things. <laughs> we, we waited for about 10, 15 minutes and I'm sitting there in the car and I'm thinking, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just do nothing. So I got out, there were buggies everywhere in Walmart, everywhere. <laughs> y'all listen, Put your buggy up. Please put your buggy up. So there was one, one guy, I mean, he was trying to get all these buggies up. So I, I, I started going to get buggies, and I'm putting them back in, the, in their turn. Just putting them back in their turn. Amy's looking at me, and she's going, I'm like, I'm doing something. So, I mean, 30 minutes goes by, and I'm sitting there putting the buggies away. And the guy walks up to me, and he says, why are you doing this? I said, I, I'm just, I want to help you. He said, nobody's ever done that before. What's God doing? He's he's opening a door of opportunity that didn't exist in times past, but it's there now. It's an opportunity that I didn't even think of. I didn't think of that. I didn't think that up. Now, Colin and I. Where's Colin? Where's Colin? Colin's gone. Oh, hey, Colin. Now, Colin and I, one time on, on visitation, we did that. Remember that? We went up to Walmart. and We just we put all the buggies. But, but even at that time, that didn't that didn't register with me that that was an opportunity. So. Christmas comes along, Christmas comes along, and I'm walking through the parking lot, and that guy that I helped that day, he looks at me, and he says, hey, he said, I remember you, I said, yeah, 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 I, I, you're doing good, and we talked a little bit, and, and he was still, man, I mean, y'all know how Walmart is at Christmas, right, all the buggies, put your buggies back, put your buggies back, take one in with you as you're walking in the door, they've got hand sanitizer right there, to wash your hands afterwards, okay, not a big deal so he notices me and and i I, we speak and and i'm walking away and god says you're missing an opportunity it's christmas time give him a christmas present so i reached in my wallet and i did what all of us did a few years ago and gave him some money and i said listen merry christmas jesus love you won't you come visit us at church What just happened there? It's a new way to reach people in a way in a world that that we can't reach people in the ways that we used to reach them. I'm not patting myself on the back, but listen, we need to be receptive to that, what's taking place in the world that we live in today. Church, listen to what Paul says in verse 9 again. Look at at verse 9. He says this, he says, So we must not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at proper time if we don't give up. If we don't give up. This is what John Phillips says about verse 9. Nobody who plants something in the garden expects to reap a harvest in the next week, in a week's time. One of the most fundamental laws of sowing and reaping is patience. It takes time for the seed to germinate, to put into to... to, to to put out its little roots and its first green shoots. Then it takes more time for the plant to develop and grow. Then it has to flower, and then, then the fruit has to, 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 come, to come forward. And then it takes even longer for that fruit to develop and grow. It takes a whole growing season for annuals. It takes years for trees. The one requirement imposed impartially to everyone is patience is patience. So why are we in such a hurry? We get tired because things don't happen the way we want them to happen when we want them to happen. We've got to have patience. To God, one day is like a thousand years. We've got to be patient. Church, I have to tell you that I've had to preach to myself a lot in the past 11 months. I've had to quote Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I'm God. Just about every single day. Because I want to get back to the way things used to be. But what kept me hearing. What, what I kept hearing from the Holy Spirit of God. Is stop being tired. And get to work doing ministry in new and different ways. In other words. In the words of Paul this morning. Listen, listen to verse 9 again. So we must not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time that, in that time, if we do not give up. Church, what's he telling us this morning? He's telling me, he's speaking to you this morning stop being tired and get on with it. Are you tired? Yes, I'm sure you are. I'm tired. And listen, I know she's tired of hearing me complaining about what it's not, what, what it's not and, and who's not here, and who's, you know, who's not on live stream. You know, I, I see you all over the place, but you can't come to church. Listen, I said this a few minutes ago. If you feel sick, if you feel sick, stay home. But if you feel well, come on back to church. Can I get a hallelujah? If you, if you feel sick, stay home. Do But if you're well, come back to church. Come back to church. There's plenty of room for you. But what are we supposed to do? Now that we can't visit and we have to, the way we used to, and we have to stand six feet away and no hugging. Look at verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, we must work for the good of all especially for those who belong to the household of faith. What is it that we're supposed to, supposed to do? Church, it's always been about having the opportunity the Holy Spirit of God provides for us. Amen? Amen? What do you mean? I promise you, if you'll pray, God, please give me an opportunity to serve you today. Put somebody in my path that needs you that's a worthy prayer <laughs> that is a worthy prayer what's not a worthy prayer lord I, I see that the the lottery is 920 million god i'll be a good steward i'll tie the church if you'll let me win this that, that's not a worthy prayer okay <laughs> lord put somebody in my path that i can i can lead to you today that's a word listen that's a worthy prayer. When God opens a door of opportunity, that's God. Amen? We need to look for those opportunities every single day and pray that God will give us those opportunities. Church, can I tell you what what we need to do right now more than anything in any any other time in our our Christian lives? Can I tell you? Y'all ready? Listen to this. Some of y'all, this is going to sound familiar. Some of y'all, I ain't never heard that before in all my life. Pat, you listening? Are you weary? Are you heavy laden? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joys departed? Verse 2 says, Do the tears flow down your cheeks unbidden? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Have you sins that to man's eyes are hidden. Verse 3 says, Do you fear the gathering clouds of sorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you anxious what shall be tomorrow? Verse 4 says, Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. For Christ's coming kingdom, are you sighing? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. That's what we need to do now more than any other time in our lives, church. We need to tell it to Jesus. Well, Jesus already knows. Yeah, he, yeah, but he wants to talk to you. He wants to hear it from you. Tell it to Jesus. Jesus knows that we're all tired. But we have got to know that we must keep moving forward for the glory of God. To make his name known. Will you do that today? Will you tell it to Jesus? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. And right now, Lord, I pray that you would just shake the cobwebs that are build up around us. Help us, Lord God, that that we might be of what you created us to be, that you would help us to quit being tired and to get on with it, that work still needs to be done, that we need to glorify your name and make your name great. Help us this morning to see ourselves as you see us during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, Do you need to come.